G'day legends, just a quick note before we get into this episode. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast, and if you are, I reckon you'll love my vlog over on YouTube, Skulls Weekly. After almost 300 episodes of my daily vlog, Skulls Stories, we wanted to continue to make it interesting and add value to you guys as cricket lovers and cricketers, cricket coaches, and so we've changed it up. We're making it a much higher quality production. We're trying to give as much value as we can. And we've made it a weekly vlog, Skulls Weekly. We've had some excellent feedback so far. So guys, head over to YouTube, search Cricket Mentoring. Please subscribe, like, share, comment, etc. And check out my new vlog, Skulls Weekly. Welcome to the Cricket Mentoring Podcast. I'm Tom Scolle, or Skulls as I get called. And this podcast has been designed for cricketers and cricket lovers who want to learn and improve themselves. In this podcast, we interview past, current and future cricket stars to find out more about their journey and what makes them successful, while also sharing some audio from ourselves at Cricket Mentoring. Our goal is to help you become your best on and off the field, so I hope you enjoy this podcast and get something valuable out of it. G'day legends and welcome back to the Cricket Mentoring Podcast. This episode is a bit different to normal. It's the audio from a live chat we had with Josh Philippi for the customers who had paid for the Behind the Grill online program. Uh, An insight into Josh Philippi's mind and game. If you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out. There's so much value in there. And this was for the first 30 people who bought the program, got this exclusive access to Josh to ask any questions. So there's so much value in this content. And I hope you enjoy this episode. We may as well get started. Everyone's time is precious. Um, we've given everyone an extra minute or two to, to get on here. So we weren't sure how many would get. Obviously, there's different time zones all around the world. So thanks, everyone who is currently live. Um, there's going to be others that will probably watch the replay. We'll send this out to others once we've, once we've done this and we've got the replay done. So the idea with this is, is after we shot the program, which we shot in November, um, before Josh went away and played for the Sixers in the Big Bash, um, Josh said, and we were just about to launch it a couple of weeks ago, and Josh said, why don't we just give more value? How can, how can I add more value to what we're currently going to do? Um, I've got a fair bit of time at the moment with what's going on in the world, so I want to help people as much as I can. So I was very thoughtful and kind and generous of him to say he wanted to add a little bit more value. So you guys all have taken the action of, of purchasing the program, and I thank you for that. Thanks for supporting what we're doing. And hopefully you've got a lot of um, awesome insight from Josh into his mindset, his game plans, his technique and all those things. And hopefully tonight, to this afternoon, tonight, this morning, wherever you are, you've got a few questions and you're, you're ready to ask away to Josh. But I thought I'd kick it off with sort of a few questions about the Big Bash. The program was filmed before, as I've already said. So, Joshy, you went on and had a, an exceptional Big Bash. You won the Sydney Sixers Player of the Tournament. Um, we all know man of the match in the final, but I want to take you back to the before the first game. Um, and guys, hold your questions. We're going to chat for five, ten minutes, and then we'll open it up to you guys, and you guys can fire away with any questions you like. So before that first game, you were coming up against the Scorchers, you're, which is, you know all the boys. They're your mates. They're your teammates to Western Australia. There's always more nerves. There's always a bit more going on when you're playing against your mates, your teammates. You always want to prove yourself and do well against them. How are you feeling going into that first game? You obviously want to start the tournament well. 
The IPL auction was the next night to add a little bit more pressure to the situation. And you went out, you got 81 not out of 40-odd balls. You hit Richo onto the Sydney uh, SCG roof to win the game. Tell us a bit about that lead into that first game and how you were feeling. Yeah, it was um, definitely mixed emotions, I would say, because I think a couple of weeks before that, I, I got dropped for the one-day final. Um, so I was, I was a little bit down and out because I also got dropped from the Shield side as well. So... Um, it was kind of mixed feelings and, and coming up against the Scorchers first game, I think instead of proving myself, I really I really wanted to stick it to them to show what they sort of, I guess, were missing out on by by dropping me. So, um, you know, I was just, I was so determined um, to to just really make an impact in that game. And, you know, the IPO option, I, I didn't even think about that, to be honest. It, it, it was a massive, I, I felt like it was a lottery. Um, you know, all I could have done is is make runs in that game, and and I felt like you know, I was I was just really ready and, and determined to to you know really make an impact in that game, and you know, luckily got a few away early and and got onto a bit of a flyer, and you know, it's always nice to be not out at the end and you know really stick it to them. So it was, it was a really good feeling. Yeah, well, I was I was in India at the time, and I was watching it live from from where I was in India. It was an awesome awesome viewing, but. I think, I suppose, we got a lot of young guys, Jaden, Benny, Aiden, a few other young guys on this call. What, how do you manage, like, you're determined, but how do you stay relaxed and then let your skill just flow rather than when you're determined and you're so desperate to do well, you start trying too hard? How did you manage that sort of um, difficulty? Yeah, I think in the, in the lead-up, I, I probably hit uh, a lot more balls than I normally would because I felt like I was missing out on some game time. So I just felt like, you know, I got, I got into the nets. And, and luckily, I guess the, the benefit of not playing shield cricket um, in the two weeks prior to Big Bash was the fact that I could literally just go straight into hitting white balls and completely switch my focus. So in terms of that, I felt like I, I had a little bit of a head start. So... You know, I was feeling quite confident, but um, once you get into the game, I feel like, you know, I've learned a lot over from when I first started and, and played my first sort of big bash game of, of sort of, you know, just controlling my emotions and, and just being really in the moment, in the middle. So basically, it doesn't matter what happened before, um, you know, no matter how well you think you're hitting him or not, you know, it all comes down to, to what's happening at the time. So, you know, bowler releasing the ball um, and then, you know, your game plan and, and, and where you're looking to hit the ball. So I just try to really, you know, narrow focus and, and get into get into that when, I, when I'm batting and, and the rest, I guess, just kind of happens as it, as it goes. I suppose it's putting in the work and then trusting yourself. Um, and a lot of young players who haven't got that volume or haven't got that work probably don't trust themselves as much as an older player. They sort of second guess or doubt themselves. And Something that where Buck and I and, and in our podcast under the lid, we're going to be releasing this afternoon. We're talking about internal versus external cues, and you spoke about that a bit in in the in the program. Everyone would probably have seen that how you go through your your sort of your process, your internal process of getting your head and your hands right, and then when the bowler's coming in and about to let go of the ball, you're almost thinking nothing. It's just reacting, and so in the big moments, that's even more important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, when you go into big bash cricket as well, that there's a lot more distraction. So it makes it even more important. Um, you know, there's obviously bigger crowds and, and more noise and then it's on TV. And, you know, there's all these other other factors and like the IPL auction the next day. So, you know, it's just finding a way to sort of, you know, channel all your energy in the, in the right directions. And, and when the bowler releases the ball, you, you're, you're just watching it. Um, you know, all the rest sort of 
you put to the side. Yeah, and and to me, I reckon it's about manage like all that stuff's going on, but it's managing what's going on in here because you can block all that stuff out and not even pay attention if you don't focus on it. But if you let your mind go, oh, there's a camera over there. Oh, I've got to look good because my mates are watching in Perth. Oh, there's um, all this pressure, millions of people, and you start letting the, the story in your head get on top of you. That's when you stop just focusing on the ball, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's obviously when, when you go out of the moment. And, and that's the most important thing, just staying in the moment and, you know, just, just uh, you know, at the time, it, it's just watching the ball. And, and for me, it's it's being really clear on the areas I want to hit the ball as well. Um, I feel like that's that's where I've kind of adapted from thinking nothing to, to just being really clear on, on where my strengths are and, you know, where, where I'm looking to hit the ball. And then when he bowls it, you know, I'm, I'm getting that sort of information and then playing my shot based on that. Yeah, cool. That and how, how, how have you learned that? Has that been a gradual process or is that something that you've consciously worked on? Um, yeah, you know, I've had loads and loads of advice from lots of different people over obviously a, a long period of time now. And, you know, you go from thinking that, you, you know that you should be in the zone and when you're in the zone you, you should be almost thinking nothing which really isn't isn't quite right you know you when you feel like you're thinking nothing um i always feel like you you're thinking just the right things so it doesn't feel like you're getting sort of overloaded in your head um but i guess yeah for me it's it's really just having those really clear ideas in my head um and it took time, but for me, it's, it's just positive thoughts. So, you know, I want to hit the ball there. You know, that area is strong to me. That area is strong to me. That area is strong to me. And then it's getting the information on where the ball is. And then, you know, you've got all these almost like pre-ideas in your head. And then you sort of go from there when you, when you actually see the ball. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Now, I'm sure people have got loads of questions, but moving on to another stage of the Big Bash. You started well, you got that 80 odd not out, I think you got a few runs the next game. Then you went through a bit of a lull and you had a, a tough period. You were low on runs. There were people sort of questioning your position and whatever. And, and how did you deal with that? And then how, what did you have to do to get yourself out of that, keep yourself up and bounce back from that? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny how, how quickly it all feels like it's, it happens when you miss out a few times, especially when you're playing, um, you know, every two to three days. So, you know, that just kind of, you know, it, it felt like, you know, just yesterday I got, you know, 80 not out and then a week later I, I'd missed out three times and all of a sudden, you know, it's, there's, you know, all these people trying to give you ideas about what's going wrong. And, you know, I still felt like at the time I was hitting the ball well, but I just wasn't finding a way to, you know, just, just get going out in the middle. And I felt like a lot of the time it was because, you know, I, I was just rushing to, to search for that boundary because sometimes you just go out there and, you know, you, you hit a boundary early and, and you just feel really good and it just all kind of works. But I sort of found that, you know, even, even though T20 is short, when that doesn't happen, you still got to find a way to sort of build your innings into it. And, you know, obviously, the, the shorter the format, the, sh the less time you have to do that. But, you know, I, I sort of underestimated how much, um, you know, even 5, 10, 15 balls, how important that was to, you know, just, just face them. And even if I was 10 off 15 or 9 off 15 or 15 off 15, I just felt like, you know, it was just really important to get a few balls behind me. And then before you know, 
they bowl bad ball, you hit a four, you hit a six, and then you're in front. And then it's just having the belief that you can catch up and, and stay in front of the rate. Um, I, I imagine that it, you're still young, you're still learning, but you're still, you're, you're, your output is exceptional and you're one of the best young players in Australia. But do you still get those negative thoughts and those doubts and all those sort of things creeping in, whether it's in the moment when you're playing or whether it's in between and downtimes on days off, they must be still creeping in there. Yeah, absolutely. And have any of those, um, you know, they're, they're often, they're all the time, you know, like even when people say stuff, you know, there's always doubts there. It's just, I guess for me, um, over the last few years, I've just been really trying to focus on, um, you know, controlling my emotions because um, I feel like that's what it affects the most. And, you know, when you, when you get all those feelings, you start, you know, getting really hyped up and, and really sort of nervy. And, and I like to be a really relaxed player. Um, so whenever they sort of creep in, my emotions just sort of go through the roof. And, and that definitely contributes to, you know, to some of the decisions I make under pressure, whether they're, and, and generally they're poor when that happens. So for me, it's all about um, just controlling those emotions, controlling all my thoughts and, and everything that I, that's going on outside just to really try channel it in the right place. Because I know when that happens, which is a lot easier said than done, you know, it doesn't work all the time, but you know, when, when I do make runs, I find that's, you know, a massive contributing factor. Yeah. And for all you guys watching live here, Jaden, Eddie, Flynn, Ekant, Naren, Liam, Jamie, Aiden, um, and all the people that might be watching this on replay, this is what I think separates the best players from the rest. Like everyone goes to the nets and executes and practices their skill. And some people practice it with more purpose and some people have a little bit better coaching, but ultimately everyone spends the hours in the nets, but it's the great players are the ones that can control themselves and understand themselves and get themselves mentally, physically, emotionally into the right state to then execute their skill under pressure. Do you agree with that, Joshy? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like that's, you know, been a massive help for me because I, I remember my debut when I played for the Scorchers against the Sixers um, in 2017. Um, you know, that, that was too much for me. I, I couldn't control it, you know, TV and all that. You know, it was my first professional game and, and it was all too much. And I actually felt like I didn't belong. So, yep. you know, it, it's been a long... You know, it's been a long-term goal for me to, to be able to manage them and, and get better. And I felt, I actually felt like having that bad experience really benefited me. Yeah. Um, and so, so what yeah, do you it's, do, it's crucial. What, what do you do now? What do you do to, so before the first game, the SCG, the music's going, you're in your warm-up. What are you doing to try and stay calm, try and stay level, really control or manage those emotions so that when you face the first ball, you're really ready to go and really level? Um, yeah, for me, it's, I'm just trying to lower my heart rate, be super relaxed. But, um, you know, I, I did a little bit of work with a sports psych um, after that game. And, and it was just about trying to accept all the distractions that was going to happen. So, you know, noisy crowd, music. Yeah, you know, that's probably going to annoy me. So just like, you know, acknowledging everything that's going to happen and, you know, folks yelling at you over the fence, like, you know, all sorts of stuff like that, that. I guess in my first game, I just, you know, I thought it was just going to be a, a breeze. I didn't realise I was going to get, you know, yelled at over the fence and, 
you know, like we're, we're going to be, I was in the middle waiting to face my first ball and I had to wait another minute for the, you know, TV because that, that's just, that's just what happens. So I guess for me, it was just finding, you know, I, I literally, I remember about two years ago, I listed them all down and went, yep, yeah, that's everything that could possibly happen and just tried to go into the next time that happened and just accept it. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, and just be ready for it. Sort of acknowledge that these are all the yeah. things that could go and they might not all happen, but six out of 10 or seven out of 11, but then just acknowledge it and be ready for it, hey? Yeah, no, that was, yeah, that's what I did. Awesome. Now, before we open it up, we've got two, I've got two more questions through before we open up to everyone else. Going into the final, big game. You guys had won your sort of semi, so you were through to the final and were the favourites. Is that right? I remember. Yeah. Yep, so... Yeah. How did like your first Big Bash final? How did you how did you deal with your emotion and your nerves? And what were your thought processes going into that? Was there some fear? What if I make a mistake and we lose? Or was it all excitement? Like I want to be the match winner. Yeah, I think because I came off a few knocks before where I made a few runs, I was really confident in you know making that impact and and you know being a match winner. You know you dream about it, and you know it was one of my dreams and goals. You know you love going into the big games and, and making an impact. But, you know, it was a really funny lead up because, you know, it was obviously supposed to be rained off. The The forecast was diabolical. There was about 200 mils for um, forecast for the Saturday. So, and I remember we didn't train on the Friday because it rained all day Friday as well. And, you know, the gap between the semi-final and the final was actually, you know, seven or eight days. So, you know, we had about a week in Sydney just chilling sort of waiting for this to happen and the forecast was terrible so you know and we we discussed as a as a group you know that that it could be a five over game could be a seven over game could be a 10 over game might be a 20 over game you know might be no game so we had all these different scenarios playing off each other and this forecast that you know was supposed to rain and so when the game kind of started, we basically sat there from Saturday morning watching it rain to about seven o'clock at night. And then all of a sudden covers off, ground was dry and, and it was almost like we we're out there. So I feel like it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I didn't really have time to get nervous and, you know, get really nervous and think about all, all the things that could happen because we honestly didn't think we were going to get on because it just wow. was raining. So yeah. when I sort of walked out there and faced the first ball, it just, you know, I was already in the moment because I hadn't had time to think about, you know, all the all the other stuff. So it was quite, quite funny, really. It's amazing how routines can be so powerful and they can really help you. But that day, everything was just chaotic. And then you just went out there and just let your skill be sort of perform without any sort of routine or any sort of normal preparation. And I think there's a real lesson in that, that there's obviously power in routines, but sometimes when you just go out and don't overthink, you can just play with complete freedom. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, in situations like that where you, where you don't really know what's going on, it's, you know, if you can just try stay relaxed and, and you know, just be in the moment. And, and when the situation happens, you, you just move on with it. You know, like if you know, because we we knew as a as a unit that if it was a shortened game, it, it probably didn't suit us. So, you know, we 
had all these fears more about that, more about guys like Stoin and Maxi in a five-over game, like how, how they could actually, you know, they could make 80 or 90 if they batted first. And, and we probably would, you know, might not have been able to get them. So I feel like the fears we had were more about the shortened game, not necessarily about how we got about it, but, you know, how they were going to go about it. So, yeah, it was, it was quite different, really. Yeah, awesome. And some great advice for the young guys listening there about just adapting to whatever's in front of you. And I think all young players have to be adaptable. You can't be too rigid in what you do. You have to be adaptable and you have to... Um, it's all about controlling the controllables and you can't you can't control the weather, but you can control how you then go out and perform. So on that day, just to give us some more insight, on that day, what were you doing to stay calm and relaxed? Were you just sort of playing cards? Were you reading the paper, chilling? What do you do? Yeah, well, we were all just sitting in the rooms doing crosswords and, you know, just chatting amongst ourselves and, you know, just like almost just trying to kill time. We weren't really even thinking about the game, um, I guess. You know, we are going, oh, it's, you know, you know, the radar looks crap, the radar looks crap. And then all of a sudden it was like this little window of two hours where it wasn't. And we were almost like, oh, wow, we're actually going to get on here. Yeah. And then within the next hour it was like, okay, you know, then 12 over game, how are we going to do this? So, you know, it's it's it was nice to almost, you know, be super relaxed and, and then be able to think about the game instead of dwelling about what's going to happen, you know, yeah. the yeah. last few, the, the few days before, so. Yeah, awesome. Now, my final question is, you've been compared to Steve Smith. He's a mentor of yours, a mate of yours. What is it about Smithy that makes him so special both as like what's he like as a character and what's he like in his training and his standards that you reckon makes him so special yeah he's obviously a, a freak he's um you know he hits a ball in places that you can't even imagine you can hit a ball um but yeah he, his work ethic's incredible he's in the nets longer than anybody else you know hitting balls he he hates getting out, even in the nets. So even if he is out, he, he says he's not. But he, you know, puts a really high price on his wicket, even in in that situation. You know, you rarely see him, you know, throw his wicket away in the nets. Whereas, you know, sometimes I guess other players get in the habit of, especially for the shorter formats, just you know, playing really loosely and, and getting out lots and um, that sort of thing. So you know, that's something I I admire as well. Um, just super calm. He's super clear on what he wants to do. He obviously knows his strengths, and and that's the most important thing I think in in you know the short format and, and all formats of the game. Just you know he knows his game down to a T. Um, he has a high price on his wicket, and and that's you know a massive reason why no one can get him out. Yeah, he's just got a hunger and a love for yeah. batting, doesn't he? he? Just and he yeah he, he always wants to be the one to win the game as well. Yeah. So he doesn't like leaving it to anybody else. And that's, that's the same mentality Michael Jordan had. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen the, the last dance that is on Netflix at the moment. I know a lot of people in my circles are talking about it and we're, talk, we're reviewing it. And, and there was a question with, like, when, with Jordan is, who's going to take the final shot? And Jordan was like, me, of course. It sort of sounds a bit like that's what Smithy wants. He, wants to, he, hate, he hates being out. He loves being the man in the middle. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a very good way to put it. And have you learned something from him? Is that what you're trying to do in your game as well? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, you know, it's really cool to be the one that, that's there at the end that wins the game. And I think it's really important as well in 
in the shorter format of the game, um, when when it's someone in the top three is there at the end, it, it really makes a difference. You know, wickets in hand. Um, you know, the fact is as well, if you've been out there for 18 overs, you've faced 40 or 50 balls as well. And, you know, you're much better off being there at the end than, you know, number six coming in who hasn't faced a ball yet. So, you know, I guess I was just trying trying to bat as deep as I could and, and be out there for, you know, the really crucial moments of the game. And, and that's what we play for. And, and that's what probably separates Smithy from the rest as well. He, you know, he's out there for the crucial moments all the time and, you know, winning more more than not. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, that's my sort of question to give you guys some insight into Josh during the Big Bash. He obviously had a really good tournament. Over to you now. So the best way for this to work, I think, is if you write in the chat box your question. Um, hopefully you've all got something or a few questions. If you've got a question, I can then happily um, throw it to you. You can ask the question in person or I can just read out the question. So when you ask your question, let me know if you want to just say, I'm happy to ask it or something. I can, you can unmute yourself. You can take off your, you can turn your video on. You can ask Josh directly. You've got sort of complete access to him. So this is all about helping you guys as much as we can. It might be something technical. It might be something tactical. It might be something mental. It might be something we've already spoken about you want more detail on. So please, yeah, fire away. Um, I'm just keeping an eye on the chat box. If you've got any questions for us, send it to, send it to me or send it to everybody. You can send it privately or you can send it to everybody. Um, and we will answer any questions you have nothing through yet who's going to be first once there's one there's normally plenty all right here we go ekanch i hope i'm saying that right um in terms of your mindset how to ch how do you change between the longer format and white ball cricket yeah very good question um Obviously, I feel like with, with white ball cricket, you're, you're looking to, to hit a lot more boundaries and, and to score off more balls than not really. Um, so I guess for me in white ball, I'm, I'm thinking, where am I, where are my scoring zones? You know, where are my strengths? And, you know, I look at the field and, and I almost go, where do I think he's going to bowl it as well? So I'm almost teeing up a few areas of the ground that I think, uh, you know, really sort of, um, well, just my strengths where I feel like I'm going to hit twos, fours, sixes, you know, um, that sort of thing. And then, you know, reading the field and going from there. Whereas, you know, red ball, I guess I'm still still trying to get get a lot better at that. It's definitely one of my goals to, to really improve that side of my game. But, you know, in, instead of sort of thinking in, in that way, I still try to keep it really positive. But you know, I'm also very wary of, of what the bowler's trying to do as well. So, you know, how he's trying to get me out and, and sort of, you know, almost defending, you know, defending my, my stumps and, and getting my front leg out of the way, but, but also being really clear that, you know, if he bowls a wide half volley, you know, I'm strong through the covers, so I'm going to play that. Or, you know, if he bowls a short one, I'm going to cut and pull. So, you know, it's just sort of, um, I think from white ball, it's more focusing on, on the areas where I want to score, whereas red ball, for me, it's it's working out how he's trying to get me out and then still looking to score in and around that um, with, with the least risk involved. Nice. Ekan, Ek, Ek, I hope I'm saying your name right, Ekanch. Is that all right? Does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, but 
Can I ask another one, please? Yeah, go for it. Um, how do you prepare differently according to the ball? Um, yeah, oh, white ball, obviously just trying to play a lot more extravagant shots, I guess. Um, you know, full, a lot more full swings, probably hitting the ball in the air a lot more. Whereas red ball, I'm, you know, I'm really trying to leave well, defend well. Um, but probably, you know, when, when I am playing my bigger shots, you know, looking for a fuller length or a shorter length instead of trying to really um, manufacture um, length and, and line of the ball. That makes sense? Yeah, thank you. No worries. Nice question. Now, next question is from Benny. Benny, put your, your camera on if you want to ask it yourself but, uh, or you want to interact. But Benny said, how did you develop your pre-game slash pre-ball routines? Um, yeah, very good question. Obviously, I think because I do do it a little bit differently, I kind of just worked it out myself. I, I played a couple of seasons over in the UK where, you know, I just kind of changed the way I batted. I used to be a lot more stiller um, before the release of the ball, but I started moving across my stance and, you know, I just felt like it it was a rhythm that I was searching for and, you know, it just helps my pick up, helps the way I sort of swing through the ball. Um, but yeah, sort of the pre, pre ball stuff. Um, I try to keep it really simple. Um, you know, I just try review the ball before briefly, whether, you know, it was a good leave, a good defense, defensive shot, you know, I played a good drive or a poor shot. Um, and then I just sort of let it go, move on, um, you know, face up, tell myself, watch the ball and just, just reset. So I try to keep it really simple, to be honest. Cool. Anything else there, Benny? Uh, your pre-game routine. You talk about like having a coffee and being relaxed in the podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, it depends, really. Um, you know, with T20s, we're often playing at 7 o'clock at night most of the time. So... You know, sometimes I go to bed quite late and get up at about 12 and, you know, have breakfast for lunch, basically, and have lunch as like a mid-afternoon snack. So almost, because I feel like, you know, normally I'd go to bed at about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Whereas, you know, if I do that um, the night before, um, you know, I might get tired towards the end of a game. So I often just try, you know, just, just change my almost sleeping pattern a little bit for, for the T20 stuff and, yeah, always love my coffee in the mornings. Um, try drink, try drink lots of water, because um, obviously, you know, a lot of the time at night games it's quite humid and you sweat a lot, so you can lose a lot of uh, fluid and, and get dehydrated really easily. So, you know, coffee, nice brekkie, lots of water. Go to the beach. You know, I'm lucky that most of the time I'm in Coogee, um for the summer, so get to go to the beach and, and I just chill out and, and try not to think too much about cricket, to be honest. Um, just try to be super relaxed. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, no Benny. You're on your legend. All right, next one's from Naren. Naren, do you want to put your camera on and ask? You're more than welcome to. Um, how do you kill fear when you know you have to make the most of the opportunity, especially in white ball cricket when you've got to be fearless in your shot selection as a top order batsman? Um, yeah, I don't think you can ever kill that fear. Um, obviously, like I said before, I think you've just got to, you know, acknowledge it's there and, um, yeah, you, you just got to accept that, especially in the short format of the game and all formats that you're going to get out at some point. Um, 
So I almost just accept the fact that, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get out. I might get out early. I might not. But, you know, I just I just don't really think about that in, in terms of the way I'm thinking about how, you know, how, how I want to play. So I just eliminate getting out and, you know, we all get out. So it's going to happen anyway. But um, so I get rid of that fear and, you know, just, just really try, you know, be expansive, be fearless, because I know that that's, that's, what Sydney love about my game, the fact that, you know, I'm fearless and, and I take take risks, which, you know, I feel like generally a, a safe risk for me, but others don't. Um, but, yeah, that, that fear is always going to be there and, and it's really difficult to get rid of. So you just got to accept it, I think. Naren, anything else to add to that? No, I think that covers it, man. Thank you. Um, just want to, just, it's great to understand how to, you know, when you're walking in there and if, especially if you're a top order batsman, you've got two fielders, uh, you know, uh, outside and you have the freedom to sort of express yourself. Um, so I, I just want to understand how do you go about, let's say, um, not checking a shot, but actually going through with it and removing that fear of getting out, basically? Um, yeah, I guess, um, you know, I'm sort of, well, when I'm going out there and looking at the field and, and looking at who's bowling, I'm thinking, okay, where, where are my strongest points? You know, where, where are my strengths where I'm going to score? So, you know, let's say spinners bowling the first over, I'm thinking, you know, cover, um, mid on, um, you know, sweep as well. So, so deep back with square. So I've already got three areas there. Um, and then, yeah, it's, you know, I guess you, you just got to be brave sometimes as well because, you know, once you get away and, and hit that boundary, you know, one, you feel a whole lot better and the bowler panics as well a little bit sometimes, you know. They can often go, you know, oh, you know, where do I bowl it now? So, you know, sometimes you just got to take a little bit of risk early. Um, but, you know, I feel like when, when I'm, if I'm playing to my strengths, the risk is much less. If I'm trying to play a shot that I'm not comfortable with, then the risk is way too high. And so I generally try to stay away from that, but just try to take good risks that I feel like, uh, you know, um, you know, better shots for me as a player and, and that are more in my game that I feel more comfortable playing. And Naren, I think, Naren, I think to add to that, what he said there is you've got to be brave. I think like batting, you're going to get out, like as Josh said, in you've got to give yourself permission that if you do play a shot, you might get out. Because if you're so scared of getting out, you're never going to fully commit to that shot. So you need to really train it and then trust it. You really need to give yourself permission that I'm going to fully commit. If I get out, so be it. That's perfect, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. All good? Thank you. No worries. All right, Jamie. Jamie, over to you. Does Josh focus a lot on mental uh, mind? Because my MSW coach says it is very important. And is that a fact of what separates the good from the best? Um, yeah, so that's so, uh, Jamie, yeah, that's what we spoke about earlier. I said, I think that's what is that does separate the, the sort of the best from the rest is them understanding themselves, their mind and their emotions. But Joshy, I'll, I'll throw that over to you. Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on there. I think you know, the most important thing, you know, because every, you know, lots of players have talent and lots of players, you know, can, can hit sixes and fours and play all these great shots. But, you know, in the end, it comes down to the heat of the moment when the pressure's on and, you know, and I, 
I like to call it controlling my emotions. I think it's the exact same thing as, as your mental skills. But, you know, for me, if, you know, if I feel like, you know, I'm sort of overloading in that sense, I'm not going to make a, a decision that I feel comfortable with. But if, if I feel like I'm, I'm in the moment and, you know, I'm relaxed and, and just sort of really sharp and, and in control of that, um, you know, the decision I make, I, I'm comfortable with. And if it works and it comes off, sweet. If it doesn't, you know, you, once again, you know, you, we all get out and we all make mistakes. That, that's the way the game goes. So I, I think it's, it's probably the most important thing, mental side, because as I said, every, everyone, well, lots of people have the skills, but I think that's what, you know, sort of shows, shows the better players in those sort of situations. Jamie, anything to add to that? Any further questions? Oh, no, that's good. Thank you. No worries, no worries. mate. Thanks for your question. Owen, um, how do you stay alert and warmed up when you are waiting for a while to go out to bat? Uh, yeah, good question. I, I generally am white ball bat at the top, so luckily don't have to do that. But, yeah, in red ball cricket, you know, I, I literally just... I don't do a huge amount, to be honest. Um, I like to be really relaxed, so I'm not fussed if I have to, you know, jog and do a few side steps when I have to wander out because I'm, you know, I've been sitting down for a while because I'm more worried about where my mind's at. Um, so, yeah, I guess when I'm warming up, it's it's probably more on the way out. But, you know, um yeah, I just feel like for me, it's more just being sharp in my mind. So, um, yeah, but I, I just like to do that almost in the process of walking out to bat and, and then facing up. You know, I, I try not to think about any of that before because I feel like it's it's just wasting energy. Yeah, and energy is something that we've got a limited supply of. So if you're thinking about too many things and expending that energy before you go out and bat, you're, uh, you are wasting some of that storage. So, Owen, anything else to add to that, mate? I think he turned his mic off, mic on. You there, Owen? No, okay. Hopefully that helped. Hopefully that answered your question. Jolie Curtis, over to you, Legend. I think you're going to ask this on the screen. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Flip, so what did you have to develop to take your game from like a first grade level um, to like a shield or big bash level? Was there anything specific for you like in your technique? Was it more mental? Um, I feel like, yeah, it, it's a hard one because, you know, I felt like the best thing that happened to me was after playing state 19s, actually getting dropped out of that. You know, I played 19s, actually had a reasonable tournament. And then basically they just said, you know, we, we don't want you in the academy. Um, you know, we think you got a lot to work on. And, you know, that was that was a massive sort of, you know, kick in the face almost I felt like because I felt like I deserved to be there but you know I, I actually went away went away to the UK played a couple of seasons over there and you know without coaches and you know my dad and, and all those people that were really strong influences in my cricket I almost just went away from all that and just played and just relaxed and played in this environment where I felt like you know I, I just had the freedom to to be fearless and play how I wanted to and all of a sudden, I felt like I just, you know, got through this barrier of, 
um, you know, get almost getting rid of the fear of getting out, like I was speaking of, because I used to be terrified. But now I feel like I just go out there and, you know, I'm just really positive in my thinking and I'm trying to score and, you know, I don't even really think about, you know, getting out most of the time or, or I'm not worried about it if, if that is. So, you know, I just felt like going away from all these people and, and just trying to work it out almost on my own um, was one of the best things for me. So, um, and, and I guess, you know, my, my batting developed and, and changed differently because I never used to move across the stumps. But, you know, I'm just thinking if I asked my, my dad used to coach me and if I said, dad, this is what I want to do, I reckon he would have said, you know, why? And, you know, it, it just, I just had this freedom to just explore my game and challenge myself and do all these different things. And, and it, you know, I just felt like that, that was a massive part of, you know, making the jump really. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers that. No worries. All right, Jolie. Um, Jaden, do you want to ask this yourself? Feel free to take your, put, turn your camera on, take your mic off mute. Yeah. Um, so what is your mindset heading and heading into off season and like your main work on like fitness and technically? Um, yeah, so obviously this off season's been a little bit different. I was supposed to be in India now, and then I was supposed to go over to the UK, but that's all kind of changed. So I guess recently I've, I've just been, I've been running, I've been doing gym circuits three days a week. And I've also just been doing some cycling, just some road cycling. So that's been my sort of fitness stuff. Um, and yeah, we're actually getting into sort of training and stuff next week um, with WA. So you know, it's, it's a good question because I haven't even thought about technically and stuff what I'm actually going to try and do. But, you know, the most important things for my game is, is my trigger movement and my pickup. So that they're big things that I work on um, and also just my head position because, you know, I think the most important thing for me is, is getting my head over the ball. Um, you know, I think footwork to an extent is, you know, you don't have to take big strides. You don't have to put your foot right next to the ball. Um, but I think if you if you move and, and you're balanced and you're in a good position and your head's over the ball and your bat's in a good place, um, I, th I think you can make really good decisions. So, you know, they're the sort of areas I, I try to focus on the most. Awesome. Thank you. No worries. Good on you, Jaden. Um, now, next up is um, Eddie. Do you change anything technically when you're facing spin? Eddie, feel free to put your camera on and mic off. Um, oh, that's a good question. Uh, so I used to, I guess I, I never tap my bat on the ground. I always hold it up. I often just move around the crease a lot, whether it's two off stump or it's sort of to the leg side of the ball. Um, that's more predominantly white ball. But, you know, I, I generally... I'm pretty much set up to go down the wicket most of the time um, because I feel like, I mean, especially in a shade, it's rarely going to spin past your bat. Um, and, you know, often they like to toss it up a bit. So, um, you know, I'm just setting up to, to be in the best position to, to score to my strengths, which I feel like are coming down the wicket, hitting the ball through cover, hitting the ball through long on, um, and then I'm also moving across my crease because I like sweeping. So, you know, I'm generally getting across the off stump. And, you know, if it goes sort of outside my eye line a bit um, towards the leg side, I'll try sweep. So 
I'm just really trying to set myself up into a powerful position where I can, you know, quickly go down the wicket, quickly go back in the crease or, or sweep. Thank you. Anything else, Eddie? Happy with that? Uh, yeah, thank you. That's it. No worries. Nice one. Nice question. Safaraz, um, feel free to turn your camera on. As I've said to everyone, you can ask the question yourself if you want to. Um, Safaraz said, kindly can you share what you were, your key preparation insights mentally and tactically for your IPL tournament with RCB, playing with Virat and ABD? Yeah, um, good question. Uh, I guess tactically, not really sure, but, you know, mentally, you know, being surrounded by a bunch of superstars like that, it, it's pretty surreal, to be honest. So, you know, I was just really pumped to get over there and, you know, just try and learn as much as, much as I could from, you know, the best players in the world, really. So... I guess for me, I was going into it very open-minded. You know, obviously no idea if, if I'm going to play any games or a game or, you know, no games or most most games, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so I felt like it was a little bit unknown, but I just knew that the environment I was going to go into, you know, I just had to have to take it with both hands and, and try, you know, get as much out of it and, and get as much out of, you know, some of the players there because, you know, it could be once in a lifetime experience. So, you know, I was just really pumped to get get around the guys and, and just learn. Safraz, anything? Thanks, and cheers. Nice, mate. Yeah, real shame that um, the IPL obviously hasn't gone on because what an experience. And out of that, it's all about learning, isn't it, guys? And that's what you guys are doing today. It's what you've done by purchasing the program. So well done to all of you. Um, over to you, Blackers. Do you want to ask this yourself? Liam Blackford, a young boy in uh, Victoria, one of our athletes, a very good young player. Who was your greatest role model and who has been your great influence, greatest influence to date? Yeah, it's a very good question. I probably haven't really thought about that too much. Uh, I guess growing up, I had, you know, a lot of cricketing role models like, you know, your Mike Hussey, he was always one of my favourites. Um, I guess, um, obviously, Steve Smith, um, you know, just the way he his game developed because, you know, when he started, uh, you know, 99% of Australia thought he was no good and he basically changed everyone's mind on that and, and just his game just developed and, you know, he's the best player in the world now. Um, you know, guys like, you know, Gilly, I used to like Brad Haddon. So, so I had lots of players that I, that I looked up to. Um, and actually, but probably Mike Hussey was, was the biggest. Um, I once had a net session with him when I was about 10 because um, I used to hit with the same batting coach as him. So, you know, that's that's something that always sticks in the back of my mind and, and that was just really cool. And, yeah, I guess greatest greatest influence, um, that's, you know, that's, that's a tough one. I've been lucky to meet lots of people and, and get a lot of great advice and, you know, lots of people willing to help me. Um, but I guess, you know, I'd probably have to be my dad. You know, he's thrown me balls since I was about five. And, you know, if I rang him up right now and, and asked him to throw me some balls, he, he probably still would. And, you know, he's we always talk about the game. He, he helps me, um, you know, debrief. And, and you know, he's been really good at helping me sort of mentally try to get my mind in the right place a lot of the time. And, you know, he's my biggest fan and um, my biggest supporter as well. So, you know, he'd, he'd definitely probably be that as well 
Yeah, nice, nice. And shout out to all the parents. Make sure you young people are very grateful and thankful to your parents. You wouldn't be where you are without their support. So nice one, Liam. Anything else from you, Blackers? Happy to open it up to you if you want to ask any more questions. No, uh, thank you. No Dad's worries. loving that. <laughs> How Betty is. How are you, Steve? Um, now, Benny Baker again has said, and Benny, feel free to ask this yourself if you want to. You can chuck your camera on. I've got a question about spin. Do you want to go away with it, Benny? Yeah, sure. Um, in the spin episode of Behind the Grill, you talked about having a clear game plan and talked about manipulating the field. Before you, like, hit the ball, are you, like, looking to hit certain areas only? Or are you, like, playing it as it comes and knowing where the gaps are? Um, I think I'm always clear on on the strong areas where where I, I want to score. So, you know, for me, um, I'm thinking the cover region, just in general, because generally there's no deep cover back as well, but you can also beat them on the ground. Um, you know, I'm thinking sort of long on, mid-wicket, and I'm thinking sweep. So I've, I've almost got just um, a few areas in my mind, uh, but then I'm, I'm playing the balls that comes. So... Uh, I'm not just setting myself on jumping down the wicket and hitting it over cover. I'm, you know, I'm going a few different options that, that are my strengths, waiting to see where the ball is. If it's in one of those areas, I, you know, I'll sweep it, I'll jump down the wicket, or and if it's not, you know, I'll I'll basically tuck it round for one, or I'll try score elsewhere. So, you know, you you gotta. I feel like you've got to have your strengths in mind, especially shorter format when you're looking to hit boundaries. Um, or at least, you know, hit two plus, basically. Um, but you, you've also got to, got to have your bailout options as well. So, you know, you can't really go in and just have one option because, you know, it might work the first time, but, you know, the, the bowler is always going to change what he does and he never bowls the same ball over and over again. So it's just keeping an open mind, but, you know, having those areas, you know, in the back of your mind as well. Cool. Thank you. Easy. Nice, Benny. Great question, mate. An astute learner who's got his pen and paper there, I see. Um, Naren, over to you. Do you want to ask this one? Um, I'll give you a second if you want to jump on. Yep. Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the things I've been struggling with is picking length early. Um, so I just wanted to get a sense of are there a few rules of thumb in terms of understanding from the angles or from the bowler's release point uh, where to pick early? Because I always pick length from the pitch which sometimes gives me the less uh, time to, you know, make my short selection? Yeah, very good question. I feel like, um, yeah, I guess, you know, some bowlers can be challenging to pick up the length as it is. Uh, so I think, you know, because it all, you know, it's, it's obviously a split second from release to, to where you are, um, you know, it, it can be challenging. But I guess, you know, I'm watching the hand. So... Um, you know, I'm always trying to pick up length from release point, I guess. Um, but I also, you know, I feel like sometimes it can be challenging and, and I feel like a, a lot of it's just, I don't, I don't know, maybe muscle memory. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, if, if you're hitting lots and lots of balls, you're probably, you know, going to get better at picking that up. Um, I, think, I think I'll just jump in and help you there, Josh. I think a lot of it is sub done subconsciously. So it's picking up yeah. the bowler's action or the thrower. So if, if they haven't let go of the ball at this point, then that's going to be a short ball because it's going to land close to them. If they've let go of the ball, you see it released early, 
you know it's going to be quite full. So, but that happens subconsciously and that only happens through training and hours and hours and hours of practice. So I think, and a lot of it is about this again, comes back to, I said earlier about the podcast I'm about to publish. It comes back to having a clear mind so that you can then make those decision quick decisions quickly. We talk in the podcast about watching the ball and what does that actually mean? But it's about not letting your mind get distracted by other thoughts. So if you're thinking about what that person's thinking, you're thinking about the scoreboard, you're thinking about your shoulder or your head, and the ball's being bowled, your brain has so many things to process, you're not going to react quickly. So you're still seeing the ball, but you're not making a decision quickly. And then you'll feel like you're rushed and you're not picking up length quickly. So the skill, I think, is through lots and lots of practice to training your subconscious, but then it's about having the ability to just be completely present and focus on the ball, and then your body will move. Spot on, I reckon. Cheers, guys. No worries. Great question. A uh, few more questions coming through. Um, Josh, you still got a bit more time? Plenty of time, man. What? When's the assignment due? 11.59. Okay. So, got a few plenty more of time. time. Um, now, uh, Owen. Owen, do you want to turn your camera on and ask the question? Welcome to. Um, if not, I'm happy to ask it. Um, Owen is unmuted himself. Are you there, Owen? Okay, how much do you work on your technique during the year and do you worry about changing your game during the off-season or season? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, I guess I feel like it's an ongoing thing. I feel like, you know, it's always something, you know, I'm thinking about and I'm trying to get better at and, and I'm trying to improve. And um, I guess in season, it's probably, it's probably harder to, to change because, you know, if you're playing lots of games, the last thing you want to do is be, thinking technical when you're going into games because you've changed something sort of quite drastically. Um, but I guess, um, you know, if you feel like it, it's going to work, uh, I don't feel like it matters when you try that change um, because midway through Big Bash this year, I basically stopped tapping my bat on the ground before the ball was released because I felt like I was, I was rushed because I was tapping too late. So I just eliminated it and it took me a few games to get the hang of it. But, you know, I believe that it was going to help me and, you know, it turns out it, it started working and, and I felt like, you know, it was a really good move. But I think generally I would probably prefer to try have done that in the off season. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you just got to trust yourself or trust your coach that, you know, as our mate Bucky always says, skulls, you got to take, sometimes you got to take uh, one step back to take two steps forward. So, you know, I, I feel like if you think it's going to work, you know, you sometimes it's being brave and I think it's just, you know, being brave to, to change things sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. And your game should always be trying to evolve. You should never be stagnant and say, I'm, I'm done. So you're always trying to look for little ways to improve and, and, and that might just be, and this is what um, Jake Weatherall said in a podcast, it might be just doing something that's working, but trying to make it more consistent. You're constantly trying to make it more consistent. So I think, yeah, I think you've always got to have some sort of awareness about what, you, what you're doing in your game, if that makes sense. Owen, is that all right? Anything else from you? I think you're on mute, mate. Hang on, I can't hear. No. You there, Owen? No, cool, cool. All right, Doki, over to you. 
Flip, have you always been a white ball player or if you haven't, when did you convert and what caused you to change it? Yeah, so I would say I was probably the complete opposite. Um, so I used to block the absolute crap out of it when I was younger. I used to be terrified of getting out, terrified of playing any shots. And, you know, it was quite, yeah, it wasn't, it was never how I wanted to play, but I felt like I had all these fears and, you know, trying to impress people and trying to impress dad. And, you know, I had a lot of factors that, you know, I felt like was limiting, um, you know, the way I wanted to play. So I guess me, as I said before, when I actually went over to the UK and, and sort of separated myself from, you know, people that have been coaching me and, and influencing my game, I just found this freedom where, you know, I, I just went and played my shots and, you know, I, I never knew I could hit a six, you know, over cover and stuff because I used to always be too scared to play it, but I'd go and play all these games in England and, you know, play all these shots that, you know, I just felt like playing at the time, I guess, and then going, oh, you know, I'm actually quite good at that. So I almost just was exploring and, you know, my game over there and, and I came back a, a completely different player. So, you know, I I'd almost felt like getting away from those sort of people just, you know, opened up this freedom in my game. And, you know, now everyone thinks I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm just a white ball player. So now I'm trying to do the opposite now. I'm trying to, you know, bring my game back in and, and try and make it work in, in the sort of four-day format as well, which, which is challenging. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, you, you just got to be brave. You know, that white ball cricket is all about being brave and, you know, just having the confidence in yourself to... To just you know be a bit be expansive, so yeah, I guess yeah. Train it and trust it. Yep. Yeah. Cheers. No worries. On dokes. Um, Anil, do you want to ask your question, mate? Hey, sure, man. Hey, hey, legends. Um, hey, man. Coming from someone whose favorite shot is the pull shot, who loves the short ball, right? Um, what, what are some of your tips on playing the short ball? That's actually one of my biggest weaknesses in my game. And, you know, some of the biggest players in the world, as you can see, Virat, Manas, Ricky Ponting, Brian Lara, a lot of them, they play the short ball so elegantly. You as well play the short ball so elegantly. What's your, you know, what's some of your biggest, what, what are, what are your, your tips in playing the short ball? Yeah, good question. Um, practice is a massive one, you know, you know, we're all, you know, I, I don't even like practicing short balls in the nets most of the time because, you know, it's not that fun, but it's, um, you know, I remember being told as a, as a young kid, you know, a while ago that, oh, you know, if someone bounces you and you pull it for four, that, that won't bounce you again. Um, so that always stuck in the back of my mind yeah. for a long time, but, you know, that's often not the case now as well. I, cause I, I take on a lot of short balls. I, I get bounced a lot and continually with blokes, you know, on the boundary and catching positions and, you know, I still, you know, take it on a lot. But I guess for me, the most important things for me is hands high. You know, I generally try to pull down, um, but it's just, you've got to be able to pick up the length early and, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, you want to be better at the pull shot or, you, you know, you don't necessarily have to always play it, but, um, you know, sometimes if you, if you can just get one away and, you know, you, it's all about position for me, you know, just, just getting, I don't think it, it has to be a big back and across, but, you know, it's just 
just getting back a little bit, getting um, almost your, your head in a really balanced position, getting your hands nice and high, and then sort of coming over the top of the ball. So, you know, it's, it's just getting into position early. And the best way to do that is practice. And, you know, I've hit countless number of, you know, underarm pull shots, like full tosses, you know, just, just to practice going back, bang, bang, and just, you know, doing them continually. So instead of, you know, having the bowling machine cranked up really fast, you know, short, you know, I just get underarms because it just, it just trains muscle memory. So, you know, you get in the, the habit of pulling them and, and they're slow to start and then you start speeding up, you know, a little bit each time and, and then, you know, you will get better. But you almost got to break it down, start there, work your way up and then, you know, if you practice it, you know, I can almost say that, you know, you're only going to get better the more you practice. So it's just a practice thing. Thanks, mate. Thanks so no much. Worries. Yeah, that's something we work on a lot with our athletes is just getting the basics right with it, sort of the drills and then progressing and developing from there. There's no point trying to go and face 130 k's an hour trying to pull. You've got to do get your foundations, your basics right first and then progress. And two months later, you'll be able to pull that quick ball. But if you start there, you're going to really struggle. So great stuff from Flip there. Um, we'll take a few more questions, guys. We've been going for an hour, so... We'll wrap up in a little while, but try and get through as many as we can. Aiden, you've asked a question. Do you want to ask that yourself, mate? Um, do you want to turn your phone, your, your camera on? Yeah, sure. Skulls. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, got you. Um, so my question is, is, are you studying at the moment any sort of degree? And how would you balance that in your day-to-day -day life of hitting balls, gym, um, in season? What would a typical day probably look like? with gym hitting balls as well as your studies, if you are studying anything? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so I am studying, I'm doing part-time at uni, I'm studying human resource management. I basically try to one unit a semester. Um, and well, I think as Skull said earlier, I've actually got an assignment due tonight. I did it this morning. Um, so I guess my time management isn't, isn't the best a lot of the time because, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm desperately trying to be the best cricketer I can be as well. And, you know, cricket's a very short-lived thing. Um, so I, I'm probably spending, you know, 95% of my time um, training, gymming, hitting balls. But, you know, the, the other 5%, um, you know, I, I'm trying to tick that box as well because, you know, cricket's not going to last forever. So, you know, I don't want to be, you know, left with nothing when that finishes. So... I guess for me, even even the smallest bit, I do one unit. It's it's pretty easy to do. I probably do an hour or two a week, and I'm up to date. Um, so I just almost just find a way to tick it off. Um, but yeah, and and we're strongly recommended to study as well. Um, so basically, you know, the guys at, at WA Cricket um, basically say you have to do something outside of cricket as well. So. I think most of the guys in the squad are doing that. Um, but some, some boats can, can do two units, but I've tried that and it's too hard. I, I don't give myself enough time for it, but I find that one unit um, for me is enough, can take my mind off all that sort of stuff as well and all cricket and that, you know, just to focus on something different. And, um, but yeah, I just try to tick the box of one unit a semester. That good, Aiden? Yeah, thank you. Anything else? No worries. All good? Okay. 
Same as me, Flip. We spoke about this when we went for a couple of weeks ago. Always last minute. I always get my assignments in one minute before the due. That's when I work my best, under pressure. Um, Salik, are you there? Salik, do you want to turn your camera on, mic on, if you want to? Otherwise, I can ask it. Um, Salik, I had a couple of questions about building and innings. I feel like if I take my time, the opposition is getting on into me. What's your strategy for building and innings? Um, yeah, I guess for me, I'm, I'm always trying to take the, the positive approach. So I'm looking to score from ball one. But I guess I'll, once again, I, I've got my strong areas where I feel like, you know, I'm confident to, to play some of those shots on ball one. So, you know, I guess for me, most importantly, get off strike early. I think that's just key to batting. And it's always better when you're at the other end. Um, especially early on, I think it doesn't matter what the format is. I think a lot of the time, even T20 cricket, I try to hit a one off the first ball because it makes me feel a whole lot better than I'm off the mark. And it also just takes that almost relief away and, and can sort of start getting me going. But, you know, I feel like have your, have your strengths, know, know where your, your boundary balls are. So, if, you know, if they bowl short and you want to cut or if you don't want to cut or, you know, they bowl full and wide outside off stump, and you're strong through the covers, you've got to have the confidence to play some of those shots early. Um, but when it's not there, it's, you know, if you're up the other end, um, you know, and the other bloke starts hitting a few forwards or, or turning the strike over as well, you know, that, that, also, that also helps, I feel like. Nice. Salik, anything to add to that? Please feel free to turn your camera on and your mic if you want to ask anything more. Um, where are they said thanks okay owen this might be one of our last few questions and let joshy get back to his assignment but um owen do you want to ask this one i think there was a few troubles with your microphone before so i might say technically my weakness is driving outside fourth or fifth stump against pace and i'm and i usually inside i'm i am usually inside the ball how do i transfer how do you transfer your weight into the ball in a split second oh practice um you know it's i feel like you know i hit so many balls during the week that that it almost comes naturally a lot of the time but you know practice i i used to hit a lot of underarms and i stopped but i've actually come came back to hitting lots of underarms this year especially during big bash because i just feel like you know when you slow things down you can really practice getting into really good habits so you know a lot i see a lot of Young players um, practice facing the bowling machine at 150 k's an hour, which I think is is you know a bit of a waste of time most of the time because the most important stuff to your game is you know your weight, you know your your foot movement, um, and that sort of thing. And and you can often practice that by doing simply underarms and practicing just getting in good positions, getting your head over the ball. And, and doing it that way. So, you know, if, if that's what you're struggling with, I would suggest go, go to the nets and, and practice with underarms. You know, you can practice moving your foot to the ball, getting your head over the ball, hitting it right under your eyes. And, you know, you can hit 50 or 100 of them in, in about 15 minutes versus a bowling machine where, you know, you might, you know, you just can't quite get the volume um, at that level, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Hope that helped, Owen. We're massive. I'm massive fan of underarms. We do a lot of underarms with our players because it allows you to remove a few decisions, like decisions that need to be made mentally, and you can just focus on certain shots, execution, body positions if you need to. So, Good morning. Uh, who is that? Um, now, where are we? Benny, do you want to ask this final question? Then we're going to wrap up, Legends. Benny's got another question again. Yeah. Um, uh, when you were younger, um, did you train much like on your own when you weren't with like your dad or like a coach or training the team? Uh, in kind of training, did you do? In terms of hitting more balls or fitness or what sort anything. of anything? Um, oh, probably not. Not too much. So I used to play. I used to play cricket. I used to play footy in the winter. Um, I used to hit balls with dad in between that. I used to play indoor cricket in the winter. So I used to try to fill my time by trying to do everything pretty much because I feel like, you know, I was getting my fitness from playing a bit of footy and, you know, I, I was still getting my cricket skills from playing indoor cricket and then I was going into outdoor cricket that season and I was probably having two extra hits with that a week. But, you know, n nothing silly or nothing too much more. But, you know, just... You know, and dad would refuse to sidearm to me. He would throw underarms at me, you know, like yep. because he, you know, he's coached at a relatively high level and, and he felt like that was really important. And, you know, I guess I never really understood that until now when I, you know, I actually asked to hit underarms a lot of the time. Whereas back then I was like, oh, you know, why can't you throw me sidearms and you know, all that stuff? But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, just... I wouldn't do too much extra as long as you're getting some fitness and 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 getting an extra hit a week or something. You know, often you're you're training at your clubs with your, with your mates is you know as good as anything as well. And I think I think just on that, you were lucky, Joshy, obviously to have your dad for those extra sessions, so that if you Benny, yeah, if you don't have a coach or someone, your dad or someone available, maybe it is just getting a mate to have a hit with once a week or a different mate, like one mate one day and another mate another day. So. It does depend what your goals are and, and the, the work you put in will sort of determine where you get to. So, um, yeah, great question though, Benny. Awesome, thank you. Guys, no I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, we've been going for a bit over an hour, nearly an hour and 10 minutes. So, Flip, that's been awesome. I, I've learned a bit there and um, we've obviously had a few conversations like this in the past um, for our podcast and um, for a live we did a few weeks ago, but you've just shared such valuable and amazing insight and no doubt these cricketers from all over the world um, have learned a lot. So I thank you for sort of being such a great supporter and partner here at Cricket Mentoring. No worries. Great to have you, you um, involved and, and sharing your story and your journey. And, and obviously still a long, long, long way to go just at the beginning. So guys, thanks for joining on, uh, jumping on. If you're able to, I'd love if you can leave a, uh, send me email or text me a review of this program and, and what you value you're getting. I'd love to put that online and share that. We want to get this out to more people. You guys are really lucky to have had this time with Joshy. Um, but there's obviously so much value in the program, we think. And if you agree, please let us know so that we can share it to more people and help more people become um, a little bit better. So cheers, legends. Thanks very much for joining us. And uh, we will see you all very soon. Cheers, Flipper. Cheers, guys. Well, Legends, I hope you've enjoyed that insight from Josh. It's a bit different to our normal podcast, but so much value that I wanted to share it with you guys, and hopefully you've taken a few things away that you can implement into your own game. 
If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd love if you could please share it with a friend, a teammate, or a group of friends. Chuck the link in a WhatsApp or Facebook group or encourage someone who might find interesting to listen to it. That's it for today's episode. I really hope you're enjoying these fascinating stories from amazing people that I'm sharing with you guys. If you are enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you could please take 60 to 90 seconds to leave a review as it helps us move up the rankings and get heard by more people. Thanks a lot for listening. Now it's time to go out and get it done, legends. Shop boy. Oh, <laughs>